hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for... Sucker Time. The number one award-seeking comedy podcast about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Hershaw. What? Me, Mark Hershon, your host in Toaster Pastry, back within a week with another installment of Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast? Yes, it's true. This is Succotash Clips Epi 120, and we have a Thanksgiving feast of comedy podcast clips for you. It's a veritable spread of different flavors, and given the humor in some of them, truly a groaning board of a clip buffet in store for your ears this time around. Before we get into the mix, I just wanted to thank Brian Haley for the chat we had on previous Epi 119. Sorry, dear listeners, for the atrocious sound quality of that uh, interview. I forced myself to listen to the entire show through my car speakers, which is how I figure a lot of you catch the show, and it was kind of a tough listen. Fortunately, I used the version that I had that favored Brian's responses to my questions, so at least you could hear him pretty well. Shouldn't happen again. I've got my Skype recording software updated to the latest version. I use Audacity for you Skype recording podcasters out there listening, and it seems to be doing well, as we'll hear in the next installment, which will be another Succotash chat show. For now, let's gear up to hear the platoon of podcasts we've got loaded up for this episode. We've got The All-Seeing Guys, Bitter Sound, Ear Goggles, Ice in the Face, The McHugh Report, Primal Cast, The Reigning Lunatic, Robin Slim, The Vince Wild Show, and Who Charted. So, quite a rack in store for you. In addition to that, we've got a visit to the podcast Graveyard, courtesy of our associate producer, Tyson Saner, who's also harvested a number of the clips that we've got for you this time around. We also have another double dose of our Burst of Durst, with political comedian and social commentator Will Durst, a rummage around the old tweet sack, and a brand new Henderson's Pants commercial that I will be reading live because Bill Haywatt's on vacation. Other than our ads from Henderson's Pants, by the way, Succotash remains fitfully sponsor-free. The good news, you aren't burdened by listening to those pesky ads from those people. The bad news, money to keep this show going basically comes out of my pocket. Now, you can help out with one of several methods, all done by visiting our home site at SuccotashShow.com. You can click on the Donate button, for instance, and shoot us some moolah directly. You can click on the Amazon banner at the top of the page and buy some stuff at Amazon. They give us a slice of the pie. How about that? Or, finally, you can click on the link to our succotashery and purchase some merch, a percentage of which comes back to us after they print up whatever it is you want our logo on. Or, you can keep on listening to this show for free, and just know that in the back of my head, I'm thinking of you as just another electronic freeloader. No guilt, no judgment, though. That's fine. Do whatever you need to do. All right. Speaking of Thanksgiving, which is what I'll be doing if you do help this show out with a little something-something, here's our buddy Will Durst and some reflection on this week's American holiday. Hey, guys. Will Durst here with a few choice words of my absolute favorite holiday of the year, Thanksgiving. Love the simplicity of this one. It doesn't wrap itself in the flag or hide under any religious robes. Purely about getting together and giving thanks, with maybe a little gluttony on the side. 
food, friends, family, and football for the five Fs. So allow me to express my gratitude for the fourth Thursday of November, one of the little things that makes life worth living. So here's a couple of other examples of what makes this round-headed middle-aged political comedian dance the thankful boogaloo. Donald Trump, who wants to run the country like a business, which is worrisome because he looks like the kind of guy who would burn it down for the insurance. Carly Fiorina, who was such a bad CEO at Hewlett-Packard, they're still laying people off. Chris Christie, for single-handedly disproving that whole too-big-to-fail theory. Bernie Sanders, who has elevated the art of cranky to the level that he should change his website to heyyoupunksgetoffmylawn.com. Hillary Clinton, for pretending that she's this 68-year-old grandma befuddled by her email. Where do I put the stamp? Dr. Ben Carson, for being as clueless as Sherlock Holmes after a mind wipe. The 22nd Amendment to the U.S. Constitution, which since 1947 has kept the American public from making the same mistake more than twice. The entire GOP, which is currently waging a war for its very soul. The GOP soul, a lot like the poetry wing of the Federal Reserve. Martin O'Malley, who won't have to worry about taking a urine test because no performance-enhancing drugs will be found in his system. And finally, the entire Democratic Party for being as clueless as Ben Carson. For Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Give your own thanks to Will by visiting his website, willdurst.com. Tweet him up at Will Durst on Twitter. Or visit the aforementioned home site to find out more about the live holiday comedy extravaganza that he is always a part of, the annual Big Fat Year-End Kiss-Off Show. And if you're in the Bay Area, you've probably heard about it. They've been doing it for years. Uh, Will and a bunch of comedians uh, hanging out, doing some stand-up, doing some sketch comedy, doing some improv. And it's all to say au revoir to the old year. So check that out. It's going on uh, uh, from about the middle of December on in different locations around the San Francisco Bay Area. One of the reasons I'm tagging this as our Thanksgiving show, besides the fact it's during Thanksgiving week, is that not one, not two, but three of the clips directly work back to Succotash. So I'm going to give thanks and play them one after the other, and also just to get them out of the way. So you may remember when I announced on this show earlier this year when the 10-year-old podcast known as Sibling Rivalry celebrated its decadeness by rebranding itself as Ear Goggles. I ran into two-thirds of the hosting team, Jeremy Grader and Susan Black, last September at the 4th Annual Los Angeles Podcast Festival. Host number three, Aaron Ristro, lives on the East Coast as opposed to his Seattle-based compadres, so he wasn't around, but I chatted it up with them, which we featured during the PodFest Upload Frenzy on this show, and they chatted with me for their show, which just dropped recently. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so what, what do you have planned for the future of the show? Do you, are, are you kind of building towards something, or is it just something that kind of day-to-day you just do for fun? 
Uh, well, when I reached the end of season one, which was my episode 100, because everyone has like their seasons and they do like you know six shows or ten shows, I go, what what is the season based on? The seasons based on it's, the idea of a season is based on television that have these seasons. Why does podcasting have seasons? I don't understand. Isn't it just you just keep doing a show? It's like a radio show. Yeah. But I said, okay, my first season will end with with episode 100. We did the same thing with our first ten years. We figured that's season one. We'll see what happens for season two. Exactly. So for season two, um, I've sort of split the show kind of unofficially, but I always intro it, uh, that I have succotash clips and succotash chats. Uh, because what was happening was the show was getting incredibly long. It was like, you know, ranging past two hours some, some days. And it's like, that's fine. Uh, you know, it, the show could be as long as it wants to be. There's no commercials. There's nobody saying, you're making your show too long. But for me, it was just sort of a slog. And so I said, well, how can I chop this up? I can either play, you know, shorter interviews or I can do like three clips and pieces of interviews. And I just said, you know what, why don't I just do this? I'll just do clips or I'll do interviews. If the interview goes an hour and a half, that's one show. If it goes 45 minutes, that's one show. Clip-wise, I'll do six to eight clips and just see how that nets out. And, I'll, you know, I have our, you know, we have our little features. We do like the Burst of Durst, which is always two minutes. And sometimes when I get behind, I end up playing two of those in a show. We have our phony Henderson's Pants commercials, which are just, you know, that's just us, me and me and my producer, Joe, and, of course, Bill Haywatt, our announcer, who voices them. Um, and so that's that's really the only change. I don't really have anything specific. I was actually going to – episode 100 was – I was considering that was all I was going to do was 100 episodes. And I was actually going to talk to Tyson about, hey, do you want to take over Sucketash? Because <laughs> I'm just tired. Yeah. I'm just tired. Um, but he was in the middle of moving, and I was like, well, it's not the right time for him. And I didn't know if he wanted to do it. He works with all these other podcasts. He does stuff for Smodcast and all these other things. So I said, well, you know, as long as I can make it something easy to handle, I'll keep doing it. So, Boy, I just love hearing me talk about me. And I also do like those ear goggles, folks. And they usually have much more interesting people to talk to than me. But I was happy to get the chance. <laughs> get the chance. So check them out at eargoggles.net and anywhere fine podcasts can be streamed and or downloaded on your local internet. Just this week, I was a call-in guest on the live party cast known as the Robin Slim Show. They've been retweeting our stuff the past few months, and I had just had Tyson clip me off a chunk of a recent show, but I figured as long as I was going to be on their show, we might as well use that clip. Robin Slim, I have not been able to find out much about them or the other voices that seem to float around during their cast, run a three-plus-hour live whoop-de-doo in the style of a morning radio show, as they put it, and they cover the gamut of topics that are fresh in and around the news. Plus, they drink, so how can you lose? I called in for my cell phone as I was walking home from work, so my end of the call is a little sketchy, quality-wise. Let's give a listen. Hey, it's Mark Hershon from Succotash. Mark, What's going on, Mark? Succotash. Mark. How are you doing, dude? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Drunk. <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> I wish I was, wish I was there. <laughs> I love the Succotash because it is the comedy podcast podcast. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so what do you do? You actually review like comedy other comedy podcasts on there? Well, we feature, first of all, we feature clips of other people's comedy podcasts, kind of uh, 
let people know it's a, I, I like to think of it as a Whitman sampler of comedy podcast. So <laughs> nice. people get a little taste of what's going on. So I like pull stuff from, you know, famous podcasts, but also all the new ones and people nobody's heard of yet, stuff like that. And we also do reviews. You know, I review on um, splitfighter.com and Huffington Post. Yeah. Uh, I do reviews up there. And then we I also do interviews with podcasters on my show as well. So cool. We're a full, full service comedy podcast podcast. I like that. So I... in your next episode, you're going to play clips of the Robin Slim show, right? <laughs> I'm going to play clips of us talking right now. Oh, that's amazing. That's like, yeah, it's the most meta thing ever. And then if you guys play clips of me playing that clip, It'll get even more meta. That's, oh, that's oh. amazing! Oh, we're that's gonna have like, like an inception, an right? inception worth of fucking oh, podcast, yeah. like a dream inside of a dream exactly. inside we're of some gonna, other guy's like, dream. We're gonna have inception. <laughs> Your subconscious starts attacking you, and you don't know why. From every <laughs> it's like Charlie Sheen. Is it, we, we don't want to turn out like that. You can review us reviewing <laughs> reviewing right, Charlie. Charlie Sheen has AIDS from someone someone else's AIDS that somebody else gave that person. But that he got also the AIDS. gave it. He also gave it. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. and then he gave it. <laughs> yeah, he, he's a he's a giver. He's, he's a, a giver. giver. He's a good man. He's a giver and a receiver. He's both. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what are you guys talking about tonight? Oh, we're everywhere. We're all over. Well, the our, our main like the beginning of the show, we we discussed the uh, Syrian the refugees. Syrian refugees. We did that for like 30 minutes, and then we talked about Charlie Sheen for like 30 minutes about his AIDS, where we just played clips of like uh, like the Family Guy AIDS song over and over again. <laughs> it was relevant. It had a lot to do with yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So you guys have your fingers on the pulse of what's going on is what you're trying to say. Yeah, pop culture. <laughs> I didn't realize this was a serious newscast. I thought you guys no. were comedy. Well, yeah, we made fun of a lot. But, it's like the onion. But we do. Uh, the, the Syrian thing is just ridiculous. Like when other Arab countries won't take them in, like why? Why are we going to take them? That's right. right. Yeah. Well, would your would your show be open to them? Would you guys take them personally? That's no. Well, as a, as a house. as a bit, absolutely. <laughs> how many Syrian refugees can we get in before they bomb my house? We can <laughs> have a couple <laughs> interns. We, we probably yeah, have we can add two yeah. more seats at the end. There, you know, can we survive five shows with four Syrian refugees? Yeah, we have uh, chained to each other. Aziz, Aziz, on the light bulb oh, joke. How many Syrians can fit in your podcast? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's a bit right there. Five in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. No, no, Aziz, st stop strapping the, the bomb on. Stop stripping all the wire out of the walls. Stop lifting the cat's tail like that. We don't like that here. We, we don't, don't encourage it. We don't do bestiality in this country. Well, you know, if I'd been drinking, I would have been more interesting on that clip. I think. Anyway, that's the Robin Slim Show. They don't seem to have much of an actual home site that I could find, but they do have plenty of online presence from everywhere you can play them from. There's like a, a not really a mini site, but you can read a little bit about them at iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher and more. Just type the Robin Slim Show into your browser search engine and come on or come on over to our home site, SuckatashShow.com. We will hook you up because you can just click on the Robin Slim Show title. It'll take you somewhere i haven't figured out where we're link yet but you'll you'll get to them through us the third and final clip relating to our show comes to us from the bitter sound uploaded directly to us by host davian dent he and sidekick matt bubbles managed to get our booth announcer bill haywatt to call in for a visit 
Shit, I can't get the guy to stand still in Studio P long enough to do another boozing with Bill segment, yet these jokers get him just like that. I even pay the guy's salary, for God's sake. Anyway, if the only way we can get Bill on the show is with him being slightly tanked and yammering on a clip from someone else's show, so be it. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Oh, yes, hello there, David, you old slag. Hey, mm. uh, hi, Bill. How are you? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bill Haywatt in the house homie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Good old dependable... Well, ah! Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Where'd I put that chair then? Uh, Mr. Hayward, sir, may I take your coat? It's not a coat. It is a flag. Yeah, it, it looks like a coat. Well, then where's my fucking flag then? You didn't bring one in, Mr. Hayward. I didn't? Oh, shit, well, I'll, I'll just take this then. <laughs> what the? Matt, what in the name of Savile's pants is going on in there? Did this silly drunk bastard just rip my t-shirt off? I am the Panda King. I am the... Uh, Bill? What? Are you ready to record? Uh, don't you worry about me. Hmm. We've only got the studio for a few minutes, as Matt's been having problems with his decimal points again. Yeah, um, oh. I, I'm sorry about that. Uh, the tape's running. Tape? Ah, tape. Yes, I love the smell of tape. Okay. Um, hello, podcast world. I'm Bill Haywatt, and this is Pod... Podorama. See? Podorama? Are you fucking Davian? kidding me? Podorama? I told you it was a stupid name. Oh, shut up. First on this review of Tedium Extremis is the new podcast, Big Wog Pants. And this show proclaims itself to be a no-holes-barred look at Australian culture. And here is a short excerpt from it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought you said then. I thought you said... We're really funny. Yep. So I got got told at least twice today to stop talking. Yeah. Did you just whack your your balls on the microphone? (laughs) I know we're spitting out truth bombs. Maybe we could talk about um, this sandwich that I've got. <laughs> Baloney. Well, what can I say? You know, I've heard it does very well with the Bogan tribes in Sydney, but to me it just sounds like two ill-educated buffoons being given the keys to the medicine cabinet and then set loose in the nearest early learning centre. And if there's any culture to be found in this audio swamp of a show, it'll probably be found between the webbed toes of the other fucknuts presenting it. Last up, ladies and gentlemen, is the bitter sound. And if I had my way, I would not abuse your ears with such bilge, but alas, I am contractually obligated to. Hi, 
another shining example of the so-called benefits of industrial strength marijuana. How anyone could ever extract any entertainment or joy from this pretentious pile of Zen bollocks is quite beyond me. Yes. I mean, really, is this the cutting edge of the new wave of podcast comedy? You know what, listeners? I will tell you right now, comedy is not what it used to be years ago when I used to work on Dunninger, The Mentalist, featuring Joseph Dunninger. Well, he was a magic, amazing hypnotist, and we had so many laughs on his show, and he was a friend of Harry Houdini's. And because he was a friend of Harry Houdini's, and I was a friend of Joseph Dunninger, The Mentalist, well, I'm just one step removed from Harry Houdini. And he was a kick in the pants, I want to tell you. Yes, thanks, Bill. Um, oh. I guess I'll have to do, okay? Yes. Well, listen, folks, if you want real comedy, I suggest you listen to me on Mark Hershon's comedy podcast podcast, Suckatash. It is uh, the Mr. finest Hamilton, comedy clips with my own dulcet tones, adding a certain je ne sais quoi to the proceedings. Can I get my money? Uh, Davian, he's asking for money. You know he can't be trusted with money. Remember last time? Oh, right, okay. I'll take your pants, boy! My pants? Wait, uh, trousers? Come here, you foul temptress. <laughs> Divian! It's sausage time! Jesus, every bloody time. Uh, soon when I shall ride atop thy thighs, drive home my zealous Say, uh, pilgrimage to thee. I just want to... Uh, fuck it. Oh, Bye. That's our boy Bill on the horn with Davian and Matt over in England. Find more audio oddities at thebittersound.com. And if you're a comedy podcaster and want to shuffle a three- to five-minute clip of your show directly to us, do what they did. Use the upload link. It's hightail.com slash U, that's the letter U, slash Suckatash, capital S-U-C-C-O-T-A-S-H. All right. I kind of lied. There's one more clip that has a connection to this episode of Suckatash. Friend of the show, Jeffrey Welchman, who was the former host of the Now Kaput Inverse Delirium podcast, came roaring back after a time away from podcast land with a brand new offering. The Reigning Lunatic is a scripted situation comedy about a crazy king and his hapless servants and subjects. Jeffrey asked me to play a part in the series opener as Sir Jerry, and I, being the audio whore that I am, was happy to comply. Guard, who's getting tossed in the moat today? It's Sir Gerald of the Gables, sire. Ah, yes. Bring him in. Yes, sire. Hello, Jerry. Oh, sire, there must be some mistake. I'm sure we needn't go to such lengths. Oh, no. Go we need. I decree this punishment upon you for that unforgivable crime. Crime? What crime? In grade school, I did all your homework, and then wrote your exams at Gutter College. Well, that may be, but our distant past also contains an infraction I can no longer forgive. <gasps> Whatever could it be? You had a nicer train set than I. Oh, you're not still going on about that. All shiny. We were ten. With the individual couplings and... And anyway, my parents made me give it to you. Eh, it wasn't the same. What's the good of being in the lunatic royal family if I don't get the best of everything, eh? Please, sire. For that transgression upon my delicate ten-year-old royal personage, you shall be thrown to the moat. No, sire, don't. 
They say the moat is full of man-eating crocodiles. Close. You will be thrown into the moat to meet the snapping jaws of... The Cayman. What's that? You're being sent to the Caymans. You're sending me to the Cayman Islands? No, Bumpkin. Is this some sort of tax dodge? The Cayman Islands haven't even been discovered yet. I'm talking about vicious, water-going reptiles that will rip the flesh off of your poultry. So you do have crocodiles? Or have alligators been discovered yet? Close. Cayman are southern cousins to the alligator. Southern? As in Central or South Americas. Okay, man. <laughs> Sire. What? Those little fellas? Whew. You really had me worried there for a minute. What's so funny? Caymen are every bit as vicious as... Oh, I'm sure they're scrappy, sire, but aren't they on the small side? No. Like miniature alligators? No, you milksop. Dogfish compared to a shark? They're all good-sized beasts. Schnauzer to a wolfhound? No. Caymen can grow up to, uh... Uh, give me a minute. Let me see. Now... The crocodiles, they're really uh, huge. I'd be terrified if you had crocodiles. I've heard tale of 25 uh, footers. How much is that in meters? Oh, damn it, the metric system hasn't been invented yet. It's all right, sire. I'll take my chances with those little fellas. They're not little. Ah, look here. The black caiman can grow up to 13 feet. Eh? Ooh. How about that? That is rather large. Are, are there black caiman in the moat? Uh, no. Several Yakara came in. A few spectacled, right, guard? Yes, sire, and two broad-snouted. Right. Oh, and the rare Cuvier's dwarf came in. <laughs> Who again? What? You had me worried, old friend. Look, they'll chew you to little pieces, mate, over the course of a day or two. So enjoy your agony. Guard, pull the lever. Ha-ha! <laughs> Oh, what a delight to tread the soundboards in character. For more of The Reigning Lunatic, visit reigninglunatic.com. They're also out on iTunes, Stitcher, or what have you. Uh, Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, will return right after this important message. Hmm. Oh, normally I'd play a commercial voiced by Bill Haywatt for Henderson's Pants, but Bill's on vacation. I mentioned that earlier. And he's not available to read this spot. I forgot. Uh, this is for Henderson's newest line of pants, since they are a non-paying sponsor. And this is sort of timely. I guess I'm going to have to do a good old-fashioned live reading of the script. Here we go. <clears throat> uh, hello, friends, and happy Thanksgiving from everyone at Henderson's Pants. Rather than waiting for Black Friday and getting dunked in the middle of the shopping deluge, we've got an early treat for all your meat if your meat of choice happens to be turkey. Introducing Henderson's new turkey trousers, just in time for the traditional holiday feast. Turkey trousers, though stylish and available in a variety of snappy fall colors, bring something else to the table that isn't as obvious to the casual observer. They're made with Henderson's patented expanding waistband, the Waste Not, Want Not, which allows you to go from svelte to stocky in a single meal, and without having to unbelt, unsnap, or unzip your pants in an uncouth manner. How, you might ask? Well, friends, the belt is built in, and simply a part of the Waste Not, Want Not expanding design. Before dinner, your pants are as snug as a bug in a rug, so there's no need for a real belt to hold them up. 
After you stuff your face with turkey and cranberry sauce and sweet potatoes with that marshmallow stuff on top and string beans in the disgusting jello mold with stuff floating in it and pumpkin pie with whipped cream, not to mention highballs and eggnog and wine, the waistband expands as you do, but always with just enough extra room so you don't feel or look stuffed to the rafters. And after dinner, the Waste Not Want Not has enough extra give that you can pull your Henderson's turkey trousers right up around your chin and burrow into the couch for a well-deserved nap. Originally designed for use by the Incredible Hulk, Kim Kardashian's ass, and the entire Mormon Tabernacle Choir, Henderson's turkey trousers are available wherever bedraggled-looking Santas are standing outside, ringing their bells for your spare change. That's Henderson's, makers of shin sheaths and butt cradles since 1621. And now, back to Succotash. Damn, it just doesn't have the same oomph as when Bill reads it. I guess we're going to have to keep that old buzzard around. So, we've had several directly uploaded clips this week. We played Davian's earlier, and now here's one from someone named Rick. His cover note with the upload reads, Hello, my name is Rick. And I had a conversation with someone on Twitter today from Succotash. Well, that would, that would be me. I'm the only one, really. I said I would provide a five-minute clip from our comedy show, Ice in the Face, for your show. This clip is from episode number 75 that ran on October 9th this year. We hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact me via email or Twitter DM if you like. Your show is awesome, and we very much appreciate your interest and are looking forward to hearing back. Thank you, Rick. Cool. Hey, thanks, Rick. Yeah, we actually have chatted back and forth uh, with Rick from Ice in the Face. So uh, without further ado, here's that clip uploaded by them. Here's Rick and Sarah from Ice and the Face. Uh, so I've been obsessed with Cosmopolitan lately. They've got some really amazing. St- I mean, it may, not probably amazing for the reasons they want it it's to be amazing. Just but so fucking, it's like an an endless font of female wisdom. Yeah, and I love absorbing every word of it. <laughs> First of all, the title of this article is in, is just already insulting and in, implies rapiness. Okay. 13 things that make guys irrationally horny. Yeah, because that's what you want. You want if, an irrationally... You know, yeah, I want someone irrationally horny around me. That's yeah. exactly what I need. That's that's the safest... Those are the safest guys to be around. <laughs> Clearly. The irrationally horny. And then it's like a picture of a chick and a dude making out, but like really into it making out. Like she looks all wet and... I mean, yeah, wet yeah, like yeah, she right. looks like she was in the rain, kind right, of right, wet. Right. Like she looks like she's actually soaking wet. Yeah, and he's coming in his jeans, and his hair looks all wet too. I don't know why this is, is it happening. An illustration or a photograph? No, it's a photograph. Okay, so what are the ways to make your man irrationally horny? The, none like of totally, these, like he's humping the fridge. Like none of these fucking in any way in my mind would ever do any of this stuff. All right, well, you tell me. I'll tell you the truth. That song that takes him back because it was playing the first time he had an orgasm in the back of a car. I don't know when the fuck that was. Like what? What? What song? Like, like what? Like Eve Six was playing. Like how old is this guy? <laughs> You know, I would swallow my pride. I would jump in the pool. <laughs> he squirts all over the, <laughs> the back of his driver's seat. <laughs> you know, because she can't take a shot in the mouth and has to back off at the last second. Well, she's what, like 14? Yeah, well, thanks for almost completing it. It's no excuse. Go ahead. 
catching a glimpse of his naked body in the mirror and realizing he's looking pretty great today. So basically, you isn't. make yourself irrationally horny. Yeah, right, right. You look at it and just go, okay. I'd all right. fuck that. I'd, I'd fuck that. In fact, that. I think that's what yeah. I'm going to do right now. Yeah, not Here yesterday. Maybe not tomorrow. But right now, I'm gonna just going to go tell myself this is it. <laughs> like, we're going to dive in head first. It's so fucking insane. It's completely fucking. It's completely fucking insane. Oh yeah, look at him. I'm gonna what? Like look you're at gonna him, project? And by him, I mean me. You're gonna project your horniness onto him? No, it's her. It's him. He looks at himself in the mirror. Oh, okay, okay. So I he's turned that. on by looking at himself and going, hmm. "Oh damn." Yeah. Well, dudes like to flex in the mirror. We like to basically flex our. Pecs. Yeah, but usually after fucking. After fucking and definitely on the way into fucking because you got to gear up and make sure that, you know, your confidence is there. <laughs> Continue. It's a, it's weird to me that guys do that. That we flex in the mirror? Right after fucking. I don't know. Girls hang out naked together in rooms no, and like lick each other. that's what guys think. Yeah. That's what guys think. Sure it is. Yeah. I am the lunatic here. Yeah. In, yeah. in reality, it's guys that hang out and lick each other. I think that probably is true too. I know it's true. Don't you read Craigslist? <laughs> I Craig's think everybody's list? licking each other. That's why it's like it's That's like why a everybody kennel has out herpes. There. Everybody has herpes Ugh. too. By the way, make sure you <laughs> careful what Don't you share herpes. with folks. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> Getting into bed with some new clean sheets on it. What you know, kind of guy is this? What kind of guy doesn't get irrationally horny from some clean ass sheets? <laughs> like. <laughs> That's insane. It's literally. Hey, what is it, fuck it? I get a hard on yeah. for interior design. Oh, my God. It's like laying on an entire blanket of virgin vaginas. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. I don't, I, like, it, may, it might feel good, but it, like, I yeah. don't get how it goes from one it's to sad, the other. That sounds to me a little more like ways to get your guy to fall asleep quicker at night. <laughs> See, look. It says, if you love sliding into a freshly changed bed, you're not alone. According yeah, to doesn't? a UK study or survey, men and women both find clean sheets a turn on. This might explain the appeal of hotel sex. Oh, Bullshit. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. Okay, nobody's fucking in a hotel room because they're like, oh, the sheets are nice. No, they're doing it because it's tawdry. No, they're doing it because they're fucking married to yeah. other people and then, that aren't in the yeah. hotel rooms with yeah, them. Yeah, right. You're exactly right. The fuck? Like, they're not fucking going yeah, right. like, oh, I really like the, sh- the fucking sheets yeah, at the Hilton. Yeah, right. Let's stay there tonight. Yeah. Well, days in is better. I mean, it wouldn't seem better, but in reality, they're they're fucking great. Or those hotels where you pay by the hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like It's like 15 bucks an hour. There's definitely bed bugs in there, by the way. They're not changing the blankets every time, every 15 minutes in those places. Well, then you're not having a bunch of irrationally horny There's a taste of ice in the face. Not, not ice in the face, ice and the face. See, one of them is ice and the other is the face. All right. Catch more of them at their home site, iceandtheface.libsyn.com, or places like iTunes, Stitcher, etc., etc., etc. I'm not sure if we've ever featured a clip from this next show before, and I'm not sure why. Who Charted has been around forever and is quite beloved. They cover the hits that are charting in music and movies with lots of comedy guests. The hosts are Howard Kramer and Kulap Vilasak. Normally, but in this episode, Kulap's uh, out. I don't know where she was, but uh, this was clipped by our associate producer, Tyson Sainer. And uh, Kulap is re- uh, replaced by guest co-host Emily V. Gordon, who hosts or co-hosts another podcast, The Indoor Kids, with her husband, Kumail Nanjiani. 
Their host in this show is James Adamian, who's gotten some attention lately because of his Bernie Sanders impression. This clip, clip is from their episode 239. Falling from the top spot to number two, walk the moon with shut up and dance. This is the same thing. This is very 80s. Jesus Christ. But it's more of that power pop 80s. What? I, I get made fun of all the time on this show for writing stuff down. You're just writing down the... Uh, Pages James, again. you're writing down the, the songs and who sang them? Yeah, because if I like one, I'm going to go uh, find it and listen to oh, it. Okay. Cute. I don't think I've liked one enough to go get oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, I this song I've heard in commercials and maybe at the end of television Already? Shows. And it just came out? Absolutely. They'll do that now. They do it. They front load that shit now. Yeah. Um, Infiltrates. This is a terrible song. This is objectively... It's one of the... I call them summer songs. Not summer... But summer, where they try to make you like evoke like the summer, yeah, the summer yeah. trips you had when you were a teenager. And you Who would try to do that with songs? <laughs> I don't like that at all. I don't. I'm sick of these. I'm sick of these 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 uh, charlatans going in and trying to evoke emotions. Out. <laughs> they don't really feel summer like you do. It's a different thing altogether. That's true. They're doing. You can feel how cheap it is. Like right. you love summer. Right. These people just love money. They right. don't want anything other than to like cheaply manipulate you into feeling. Oh, there you go. Hey, Goopers. Did you see the video of it playing at the pool? I sent you a video. No. Some family or something sent me, like, they had it on the PA at, at their pool, like the public pool. Oh, man, that's, that's hilarious. It was exciting. Hey, uh, what a great song this is. Thank you. It tells the story, James, of, of taking a sea dew ride with an orangutan driving. Goo Cruise. <laughs> I know where and I fit in. That's you in a falsetto, right? That's how no, no falsetto. <laughs> Those are velvety tones. Hey, uh, velvety tones. Yeah. Hey, so um, where's yeah. that charting? That's charting everywhere. That's on Funny or Die right now. It's uh, <laughs> fighting your Bernie Saunders uh, video <laughs> to the death. Forty percent of those who watched. <laughs> The, the Bernie Sanders video were also uh, willing viewers <laughs> of the Howard Kramer uh, hot number one summer single. <laughs> what's Bernie's summer song going to be? My, what's my summer song? <laughs> you got this. Get in here. My summer song, as it has been every uh, year, every fiscal year yeah. since Solid. my childhood. Uh, fiscal year. Brother, can you spare a dime? <laughs> Wow. By Al Jolson, it was one of his few songs that I think is not politically dangerous. That's you. you have a song for every fiscal year. <laughs> it's the song of fiscal year 2016. Which quarter? What quarter? Early, yeah. It's good. Good pre Sometimes I go down to the Library of Congress. I plug in my earphones. <laughs> we got to have you come in and count down the best songs of the fiscal year. That's actually a very, very good idea. Um, well, that song to me is a piece of trash. Uh, I hate it. Uh, what, is, what, it. Is, what is Walk the Moon? Are they just, Same thing. You are they a real band? They'll be, uh, they'll be, you see them on a compilation album in 10 years, and right. you go, I don't remember that. But like kids that are in high school now are like, oh, the, the song is so bad. Do you remember that summer when we were hanging out? It's for me That's and good. my generation. Yeah, <laughs> this is what things are supposed to sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's music, music for me. It's music for people like me. And like, Sorry. 
That's, it's just bad. And then there's always a verse of like, we may not make it tomorrow, so just fuck me now if you could. Like, that's yeah, always. YOLO, every gang. time they're always like, well, we may not see tomorrow, so let's party tonight. Like, yeah. no, I, we're going to see tomorrow and it's going to be lame. Something ominous is out there <laughs> in global events. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I understand where this new generation is coming from, and I identify with them, but I also understand why the older folks don't understand. Oh, is this right? You're pegging oh, us as the older He's folks. the bridge. Howard Kramer is the bridge between See, generations. See, you do. I'm transmillennial. Wait, hey, I got to talk to you about this, as oh, no. I was taking some flack for this. So oh. we, we know what transgenders are. God bless them. And then we have the transracial. Uh-huh. That's not a thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but then it led me to say, hey, I use a lot of apps. I listen to the new music. I cut the cable. Don't have cable. I identify myself as a trans millennial. Do you, do you guys have a problem with that? Transgenerational. Okay, I'm, that, trans, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm a millennial, though. You're X to, you're X to M. You're X to there and you go. You're X to M transgenerational. Transmillennial. All right, fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's who charted finally on this show. Glad to have them aboard. And uh, you can find a whole bunch more of who charted over at their home network, earwolf.com. And uh, like I said, they've been around a while, so there's a lot of fun to be had there. Podcast Grab your picks and shovels, and let's get busy in the podcast graveyard. This is where we track down shows that have gone off the map into parts unknown. Some may be on indefinite hiatus, while others may be gone for good. Tyson found us a podaver of exceptional pedigree for this episode. Fans of Harmontown, featuring Dan Harmon, have doubtless heard the voice of his former girlfriend, now wife, Erin McGathy, on that show. Well, she had her own show for quite a while, dozens of episodes called This Feels Terrible. Well, there's still a site up for the show at Feral Audio, which reads, Comedian and repeat relationship failure Erin McGathy talks love, sex, and all matters of heartbreak in the podcast version of her live show, originally performed at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Each week features a revealing, intimate, and joyfully terrible conversation with a different comedian friend, famous-ish person, or drunk ex-boyfriend. Let's get terrible. Well, it seems the last episode to drop was number 66, part two of a two-part wedding spectacular that included her ceremony to Dan Harmon as officiated by Duncan Trussell. Well, that was a while ago. Uh, the clip that Tyson salvaged was actually from Epi 52 from, a last, uh, from last year at the third annual L.A. Podfest. It features a smidge of Chris Gore, a bunch of Wayne Fetterman, who is destined to be her co-host on her recently featured Human Conversations podcast on this show, and the teasing of a surprise guest. I've had several uh, uh, Aaron, you're here moments where I'm just staring at some weird stucco, and I'm like, just let this end. But what like bad. what like stu- like really bad stucco or like bad wallpaper and you're like oh it looks <laughs> I, terrible. I actually I subscribe to Dwell stucco. magazine. I, they should be looking at something much cooler than this. No, I'm talking about uh, times that I've gotten in, gotten myself into situations where I'm uh, not happy with what's going on and right. just fixated on a stain on the wall or a uh, Dave Matthews poster or. Oh. Um, <laughs> 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 um, well, so that's that was my question. That was my question. What, 
Well, uh, I, no, appreci- no. I appreciate the question. No, no. I, I thank you very like much you. for sharing that story. Yeah, I'm. I hope I didn't bring the whole room down with. No, my... you brought us rock hard. Chris Gore, everybody. Thank you very Chris much. Gore. Thanks. Thank you. You stay. That was. It does like a tag out. It yeah. Was like a wrestling match. All right. I got it, Chris. Well, because Wayne, I have a, I have a special uh, surprise. <laughs> oh my god! No, that's fine. You can ooh. Um, First of all, I thought you were going to have a nervous breakdown during this show. Didn't oh, she promise that happen. at the beginning of the show? Because you seem like unbelievably animated and happy at this point. Is that just the, the facade <laughs> is, before? It'll it'll get lower, or maybe it won't. Maybe we're fine. I, and we I, means me and the caped man that I see <laughs> around my house. Uh, I wish right now you were like fixating on some stucco on the wall. Like this was the moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, just I, I I remember like in a dark moment I brought someone home. Uh, this is five or six years ago. I brought someone home who was like a really nice person, but in the middle of relations, I just remember like looking at this book on my shelf and being like, I don't. I didn't read that. <laughs> why is that on my shelf? Everybody, why I didn't? And he's like, uh, uh, do you like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I should take leaves of grass off of my fucking shelf. Like, I, I just, it's a lie. Oh, oh, I'm losing my mind. Um, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an old Jewish comic when I'm, when I'm having, <laughs> well, hey, oh. Um, so Wayne, uh, so yes. the show, uh, you and I just met very recently and sure. we're already best friends. Well, if that's if best friends means acquaintances, yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely, but, we're best friends. But don't you that's feel casual relationship? Don't you feel like we're maybe soul siblings a little bit? A little bit. First of all, I don't know what that term means. <laughs> I've never. I just I've heard made it up. I just just you. you can well, let me think what, what a soul sibling would be. That's someone you're related to. I can't call you a soul sister. Right. And your soul. You don't want to say soulmate because you have a boyfriend. Right. 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 And you're that a soul would be, sibling. All right, I'll take it. But it sounds like we would be related, and that's a little weird. Have you read or seen Anne of Green Gables? As a matter of fact, I saw the miniseries with the girl from Canada. I wish I could remember her name. Megan Follows. Yes. Yes. Megan Follows. Yes. yes You're I, a kindred spirit. Based on that one question. <laughs> I I feel happy and like myself when I'm talking to you. Oh, kindred okay. spirit. I can. Don't tell me you don't feel the same way. I'm not going to say that, but <laughs> no, I'm thinking it, but I will not say it out loud. <laughs> That's how I do it. So I get people to like me. That's how I do it. Wayne That's Fetterman a... should have a podcast called That's How I Do It. <laughs> uh, so the show started yes. uh, in 2010. It was originally a live show. Inspired... The show. Your show. This show. This show that you're sitting at. Yes. yes you're yes. at a show. Got it. Got it. I, li- I thought you said the show. Well, I mean, right? Can we play this? <laughs> Yeah, um, this this show uh, started after I went through a terrible breakup with someone who I was very much in love with and just devastated. Uh, did not know that. Devastated. I was devastated. I was devastated. Was it that? <laughs> Bless you. Was it that? That have anything to do with the that long bit you played at the beginning of the show? Well, that was a bit. <laughs> yes, that was a bit from the very first show. What happened was I, I there was this breakup. And I was devastated, and I was talking about how terrible I felt, and I was like, well, I'm going to do a show about it and invite him to it, and he'll see how bad I feel. And then he'll want you back. It's literally, well, I don't know. I hadn't thought that far. I got you. 
But I was really like, oh, I feel so awful. I really want him to know how bad I feel about this. So I'm going to write, I'm going to have a show called This Feels Terrible and invite this guy to the show who broke up with me. And then it became this other thing. But Wayne. Yes. That guy who broke up with me is in this room tonight. Yes. Yes. You can still exhume episodes of This Feels Terrible from feralaudio.com, at least for now. Tyson harvested us a clip from a new-to-me show, The Vince Wild Show, part of the AM Podcast Network. Not sure what that is, but the AM comes from the network founder's initials, Adam Mulholland. The Vince Show blurb on the home site reads, The radio show with attitude, humor, and great production. From schizophrenic studios on the 36th floor of the FMI building. I don't know where the FMI building is either. I tried to look it up online, but there were so many FMI things that I I got bored. In this clip, Vince and his partner on the show, a guy named Ben, sample some soft drinks from a company called Carbonated Atrocities. Bottoms up. I am now trying an edible... Uh, what is it? No, Wait a minute. It's not edible. Carbonated, carbonated, carbonated atrocities. atrocities. This is, this is, hold on. Uh, okay, this is lima bean bacon asparagus. Here we go. Hmm. A lot of bad memories from my childhood coming lima through. Lima bean bacon That's, asparagus. Well, you know, my parents never allowed me to have bacon with my lima beans or my asparagus, so I think that's like, because they said flavors you never were able to have as a kid, and I think the idea is, what would have made lima beans and asparagus better from a lot of people? Bacon, of bacon. course. Of, of course. course. <laughs> so I taste a hint of the, uh, the, the kind of the grainy flavor of lima yep. beans, and the earthy flavor of the asparagus, and then there's like a nice maple... <laughs> Smokehouse finish. Smokehouse finish. Perfect. It's not, I don't. I wouldn't call it a, uh, refreshing. <laughs> Our drinks aren't refreshing, but you'll like drinking them. <laughs> Delicious. I'm really glad that we have them. It's the same company, Edible Atrocities, from last but week. But they've, um, they've expanded. Their, their popularity from last week's show has grown so much that they've expanded and now they're uh, getting into carbonated beverages. Lima bean, bacon, asparagus. Yes. You know, I seem to remember, now that I think about it, Jones Soda Company. Is it Jones? There, w- or there somebody was a else? Jones Soda. But one of them put out those flavors at Thanksgiving, like turkey dinner soda. Is that jo- I, I think that may have been Jones. Yeah. I think that was Jones, yeah. I haven't seen it in ages, but it was like, uh, there was like, they had uh, biscuits. biscuits. Uh, they had grave. They had yeah. They had biscuits. It, it tasted like butterscotch. So, I, I, have you ever had butterscotch biscuits? No. I mean, that's just deliciousness gone horribly awry. But <laughs> butterscotch biscuits <laughs> makes lima bean bacon asparagus seem not so strange. But the uh, the turkey gravy. It was like turkey dinner with a gravy finish oh, to it, yeah, and, yeah. and I heard it wasn't that great. Um, then they had vegetable, and, and so, I don't know. It, it was interesting. I never tried it, but I, I knew people that bought it and said, wow, I think I just shaved five years off my life. <laughs> but Jones does use real sugar and not, not corn syrup, right. so they've yeah. got that going for them. But I, I do remember that. Yeah? I have to look for it. Target used to carry it. Mm-hmm. So 
Interesting. This is going to end up being an all food show. Which, in that, yeah. if that happens, we got to have Jim Gaffigan on as as a guest. Well, I'd like to have Jim Gaffigan on as a guest anyway, even if it isn't an all food show. <clears throat> yeah, we can do the uh, hot pocket appreciation hour with Jim Gaffigan. Yes. Hot pockets. Delicious. There's a taste of the Vince Wild Show, discoverable at ampodcastnetwork.com and other places all over the web. I don't know too much about this relatively new podcast, a show called Primal Cast, with two hosts named Jeff and Alan. I do know that they have uh, given us some shout-outs on Twitter from time to time, which is great. I also know from listening that they live in southern Florida somewhere. You can even hear crickets in the warm November evening behind them in this clip that I grabbed off their episode 8, where they were also kind enough to give our humble show a shout-out. Now, I didn't play the shout-out this time around. Can you believe it? Uh, this installment's called Antisocial Media. The two guys smoke cigars and shoot the shit about the pros and cons of the various flavors of social media. How long have you been on Facebook? 2008, I got on. It's when it first started taking off for me. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember your first... Your first episode or post or something like that on Facebook? Uh, yes, as a matter of fact, I do uh, because I, I stopped using Twitter a lot uh, here in the last six, eight months. And the first thing that I tweeted that went to Facebook was about me doing laundry. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that are, was a significant event back these in 2008 are, these for are, you to do laundry. I know. These are big things in my life, I'm telling you. Uh, so uh, that was right around the, one of the first things. <laughs> Folding laundry. yippee ki <laughs> I don't even know what my first post was, but it was late in 2008, maybe November, December maybe even. Uh, and I go back and look at some of that stuff. It's like, good grief. What was I thinking? I, 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 it just blows my mind. It, it is. And it's the, the, the funny thing, like you said, it's, it's the excitement of the mundane. Um, now, what I do like, because I am a grandfather, with the whole Facebook thing is I like pictures of my grandkids and what they're doing so i stay in touch um all right so we got off task all right so we got twitter we got facebook got instagram which is a very popular now more, more popular now with the younger generation because some of the most younger people are getting off of facebook for instagram and snapchat snap i'm not on snapchat but let's go back to instagram for a minute do you okay. know how much a hipster weighs no an instagram <sighs> boom yeah, we're going to go ahead and just stop right here. Have a moment of silence. <laughs> Instagram. Oh, my goodness. All right, so what else we got? We got uh, Snapchat, which I have no idea what that is. It's like a video thing. Vine. Vine. Uh, there's uh, Tumblr, which is a really popular blog thing. Uh, now, I've blocked Tumblr almost ever. Uh, all my filters at work. Uh, when I set up the network, I... I Sometimes I end up being the default IT guy, although I don't know very much. But almost always will block out Tumblr because it contains a lot of a lot of porn, a lot of pornography, a lot of porn, so. uh, which is kind of bizarre with a name like Tumblr. But uh, there's YouTube, of course. YouTube. Most is getting... people don't realize that's a social media platform. Exactly. But I mean, who hasn't looked at a video on YouTube? I mean, it changed. It changed the video. Everybody's doing it. You can. You can have a, a a YouTube following that will almost like catapult you into uh, popularity with music and drama and, and all these things just from doing something from your house. By the way, since you mentioned that, we we desperately need to get 
a video that goes viral for Primalcast. Yeah, we do. You know, we could just. Problem is, we don't really have any good ideas about what would be viral worthy. Because <laughs> the things that they say go viral on, what the crap is that? <laughs> do I, I ain't, why did I just watch that? What did I just watch? Have you heard of the two con, two singing contractors? Yes, I have. There's two guys. This, they have good voices and they know how to harmonize. And they're working on the job site. They happen to be two Christian guys from Indiana, and, so they, and they, I know them. They I mean, actually I don't know them are personally, work- but my brother knows them personally. Does that count? The, that kind of works. They just put up a video, and they've been doing this for a while. And somebody, it just made its way through the interwebs. On the job, they're saying. On the job. I'm hoping that you know it's at least taking a break. Maybe it's on lunch break. Give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, if they're contractors, they don't. They can do what they want to do. I guess. Catch the first 10 episodes of PrimalCast at their home site, PrimalCast.online. I'm not sure where else they can be found yet, so hunt around. Um, I, I think I looked for them on iTunes and didn't find them. Is that possible? Or they're on SoundCloud? But, you, you know, put in PrimalCast. It'll, it'll show up on Google or, or Bing or something. Uh, there's a show from the Boston area that reached out to our associate producer, Tyson Saner, directly, which is another way to go. If you're looking to be clipped on our show and don't want to talk to me, you, you can contact Tyson. He's on Twitter as RevT23, um, so you can talk to him if you're afraid, I guess. Anyway, this show is called The McHugh Report. It featured comedian uh, features comedian Jim McHugh interviewing interesting and entertaining people, according to their home site. The show's been chugging along for about a year and a half now and is part of Boston Comedy Festival Radio. In this clip, which was furnished to Tyson via Twitter, McHugh chats with guest stand-up comedian Al Parks about working on the road. <laughs> so it's good. So it's been really good, you know. And, uh, you know, the, the thing I've been trying to do is, is just reach out a little bit more and, and uh, uh, you know, and, and, and look for work in other, in other parts of the country. And uh, I know you had, yeah, you had, uh, we had, had a, a discussion about you working uh, some of the road, uh, what we consider road gigs, like the comedy zones, which are they yeah. have a chain around the country. And, and how is that different than work, working in the Boston market? Well, for, you know, it's, I think the best thing that I've found is that what I do translates there. So I'm not a Boston comedian and I have local references. And, and I, I kind of have a, you know, so what I've found when I go out is that, you know, whatever it is that my style is seems to translate, whether it's Virginia or North Carolina or a casino in West Virginia, which I was at recently. And, and you know, people sort of, you know, people know what food is, you know, and they know, right, they know right. how to, so they, it's, you know, they think the best thing about going on the road is, is that, you know, when you go on the road, unlike in Boston, maybe the audiences aren't quite as sophisticated, but that's hard to, that's hard to even make that generalization because you can get non-sophisticated audiences anywhere. And, uh, you know, and if I, you're relying on sophisticated audiences all the time. I've always you know, had this theory about what, why there's so many, you know, amazing comedians that come out of the Boston comedy community is you have a mixture of, college kids from the top colleges in the, in the world and you also have a very big blue collar sports uh type demographic here sure. and you have to learn to do to to please both simultaneously I, and i think that's true of comedy in general if you spend all your time in one type of room then you're going to get good at that type of room if you spend all your time at open mics and, and you have to when you start you know you start doing comedy for the audiences in those those venues which are other comics and uh so there's all these these things you can you know there's these sort of 
places where you can find a kind of a safe zone. But great jokes work in any audience. And uh, as you get as you go further along, you, you know, even a, a really good joke that works in one, uh, you know, one, one area, you know, the the the, the uh, or in front of one crowd. The the real trick is to is to improve that joke to the point that everybody that it hits everywhere, and that and that's when you know you have a better joke, even if you know it's not watered down necessarily or it's not made more complicated. It's just better, you know, right. if it works more places. So, you know, well, one of the things that we started doing at the Boston County Festival this year is um, we started booking the, like this show called the Champions Show, and we put Al Park. Uh, who I'm speaking to now and is a very funny comedian, uh, together with guys like Dan Bolger, who's a past winner of the Boston County Festival, and Paul Nardizzi, who's a past winner of the Boston County Festival, and uh, and Dave McDonough, you know, guys like that, that have all won the Boston County Festival. We have them all in town here, and we'll put three or four of these guys together in small theaters in, you know, Springfield and Hartford and New Hampshire, and people love it. I mean, we're getting good turnouts, and the show is really great. And how how do you... Uh, I mean, do you ever compare notes with some of the other people that have won at, in Boston? And, and, you know, I mean, don't you find that the, they're just amazing, right? Well, yeah, those guys that you mentioned are amazing. I mean, Dan Bulger, for me, pound for pound, is the, the guy I'd want to see, you know, uh, over and over again. So, And he won it, you know, uh, I think, you know, seven or eight years ago when he was brand new, and he's still getting better now. And, uh, and Dave McDonough is brilliant. And uh, those shows were you know, absolutely great. We got a great turnout in Hartford, and uh, you know, it's well, the thing that's interesting too is that you see when you put me and Dave and Dan on a show is that we have completely different approaches to our stand-up. You that's know, right. Dave's the one-liner kind of guy, more of a headbird kind of type, and and uh, Dan is very much in the Norm Macdonald kind of laid-back but extremely smart jokes, and, uh, you know, I do whatever it is I do, but it's not either of those things. Uh, it's not even close. So it's a real cross-section of, uh, of stuff. And then what you do is completely different as well. So it's a really right. interesting show, and really uh, I think everybody that, you know, gets something different out of the, you know, out of the shows. Check out the McHugh Report at their home site, jimmcue.com. That's J-I-M-M-C-U-E dot com. And thanks for reaching out to us, guys, whether it was via Tyson or me. It doesn't really matter. Our man in Great Britain, Davy and Dent, when he's not producing his own podcast, The Bitter Sound, which we heard a clip from earlier, and The Strange Times podcast, is out looking for other fun stuff to put in his ears. This time he sent some of it along to us. It's a clip from a show I've not caught yet called The All-Seeing Guys and features two blokes... Are guys still called blokes in England? Called Greg and Joe. In this clip, the guys discuss the day-to-day frustrations of dealing with Facebook. But I think as well, like depending on your generations and stuff, because like obviously kids, like young, like more teenagers mm. and stuff like that, which are on Facebook. I reckon their Facebook is just a completely different type of Facebook. Oh, of course. Yeah, There's got to yeah. be so much more stupid shit yeah, on a teenager's yeah. Facebook. Because ours is just. Fucking, well, my Facebook is, you know, people sharing pictures of their babies and <laughs> the food they eat and what holiday they're on and stuff like that, which is absolutely fine. Uh, you post what you want. That yeah, day. that's it. Kids, like, you know, they're probably, like, it's probably pictures of them at a house party having a cigarette and being like, whoop, don't tell mum. Like, I hate, they're, uh, they don't give anything away when they're like, some, like someone on Facebook also once, like, checked into a hospital. Yeah. And just put... At the hospital. Again. And like, but it didn't say why. <laughs> everyone was like, what's up, hon? What's up, yeah, hon? Yeah, what's yeah. up, hon? 
Like, or, just fishing. Or, like, or, oh, fuck's sake, could this day get any fucking worse? I hate <laughs> my life. Inbox me, hun. What's call wrong, me, babe. Sweetheart? Call me, babe. Call me, babe. I'm going to call you, babe. Or the most pointless message, I'm going to inbox you, babe. Yeah. Why? Just, just Why? inbox her. Just inbox it. I'm going to text it. you. I'm going to I'm going to speak to you right now. Joe, I'm going to ring you up and tell you that I'm going to text you. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to call I'm going to text you in a minute and I'm going to Facebook it. It is. That's the uh, not that email is, though. No, that, that's not a good uses sharing. Email? Um, but it is. You know the the vague the vague Facebook status. It's just like where it's just like I can't believe he's done this again. Yeah, and it's just like oh my god. Like FFS, you you could not sake. you could not be so clearly like fishing for someone to ask you yeah. what is happening. Well, that was unexpected. What yeah, was, yeah, yeah. What was it? What was it? Don't you, you just fucking hate yeah. that? And, and you hate it. You don't want to fucking know, but then you do, and you go yeah. past, and you see, oh my god, seven comments. I better see what. So one of them's clearly got to be an explanation. Click on it, and it's just seven people being like, "What's going on? Babe? What's going on?" What's and then the on? last one will be them saying, "I don't want to talk about yeah, it." Yeah, or there's nothing. <laughs> they're waiting till they're. I'm not commenting on that. There's these twenty comments. I want to. Build up some hype before I announced like what actually happened was yeah. I uh, I found I managed to fit into my size ten oh, swimsuit. I chipped a chipped a nail. That I haven't been able to get into for two Got years. Got a manicure two hours ago. Chipped a nail. Already. Chipped a nail. Could this day get any worse? Hate my life. Ugh. Fuck my life. Fuck my life. Fuck's sake. Uh, so yeah, those sort of statuses really fuck me off. Yeah, no, they are ridiculous. Um, I think the thing as well, like Facebook is. Uh, you know, a, a lot of it is you're talking about like the sort of sharing side of stuff and things mm. like that. But there's a lot of uh, the the big part of Facebook is that it's it's built up of groups. Yeah. Um. You know, there's uh, like the lad Bible is insanely yeah, popular, yeah, yeah. and that's that is quite funny as well. But there's there's all these sort of groups and stuff where you're supposed to share this shit. Yeah. Um, and it's you know that's how they sort of drum up sort of you know uh, interest, and you sort of see like when something starts getting like really popular. You see it like four times in a row. Oh man! If I wake up in the morning or I, I find out a celebrity's died, and I've literally just just happened, yeah. like breaking news, just found out, and it's, I've gone on Facebook and no one else has said it yet. Yeah. I'm, I'm not even going to say anything actually no. because you know it's going to be it's going to be there. There'll be a, as soon as I do it, there'll be a hundred more people doing it. They'll all be trying to out tribute each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he was such a strong. He was the strongest inspiration in my life. Yeah, I, I remember a time when I was down and I watched this, and then it'd be a massive epic tale. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, that's so beautiful. Yes, I followed. Their, I followed a connection to them. That uh, I, I know. Yeah. I, I know. I've never shit. mentioned this person before, but you watched one movie and thought it was good. That's not a connection. <laughs> oh my god, so sad. Yeah, I don't. I, th- I think the. I think like the emotional outcry and stuff like that is always a bit stupid. It can go sort of two ways, really. Like I remember when Amy Winehouse died, and there was just like people like, "Well, the crackhead's dead." I, I got in so much mate. trouble once for uh, for making. You know, you ever know the uh, like when you choose like five celebrities that you think are going to die? Oh that yeah, year? of course, yeah. I put it. I put it up on Facebook one day, and I said. Um, this was actually the year as well that Margaret Thatcher died, and yeah. I wrote Margaret Thatcher. Uh, got no credit for getting that right, uh, but I also I also decided to go with Kim Kardashian's unborn baby. <laughs> oh, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so much fucking shit for that. We all see you guys. Huh. It seems the all-seeing guys might want to get together with the Primal Cast boys. Uh, they all seem to have a bone to pick with social media. Uh, the all-seeing guys are part of the new Podnose network in the UK. Find out more at podnose.com. We've got one more burst of durst heading our way right after we get done riffling through the tweet sack to see if anyone sent us anything nice to read. Our first item is a quick tweet from our pal Abner Surd, who is listening to Epi 119 with Brian Haley. Also a little song by Abner at the end of that episode. He mentioned it's a cause for celebration when someone pronounces fort properly. 
which Brian does, the word fort, which a lot of people pronounce as forte, he points that out in the chat, and Abner appreciated it. Got a note from Kyle Dempster, who is associated with a podcast called The Blacklist, where they get casts together to read popular film scripts that Hollywood has yet to make. By the time you hear this, I will likely have had an interview with the creator of The Blacklist, a man named Franklin Leonard, who will be our special guest on the next installment of Succotash Chats, if all goes according to plan. We directed. Uh, we received a direct message on the tweet machine from Corky Knievel, who asks, how many episodes does a show have to have uh, be- before we consider clipping it for our show? Now, that's a fair question, because we like to wait till there's about at least eight to ten episodes out there. I mean, a lot of shows have been around for a long time, and we're just getting, getting to them. But if you're a new show, we like to wait, like I said, eight to ten episodes. It gives you kind of a fair chance to figure out who you are, what your show is really about. But... You can leapfrog that if you send or upload a clip directly to us, because we'll likely give it a play before that number of shows, just so long as it's not completely unlistenable. So you can send something to me, M-A-R-C at SuccotashShow.com. That's Mark at SuccotashShow.com. Or our upload link, once again, Hightail.com slash U slash Suckatash, and you can upload a three to five minute MP3 clip to us, and we will get it on the show. Got a couple of likes and tweets from Gilbert Gottfried in response to my reviewing his amazing Colossal podcast last week for both Split Cider and Huffington Post Entertainment. He chatted at length with Chevy Chase, and it was a pretty enjoyable time, so you might want to check that out. I want to throw out a special thanks to Hunter Block, who isn't a retweeter, but he is a restatus updater on Facebook for this show, and he blasts out pretty much everything we say on FB. I shouted out to him in the uh, the list I do at the end of this segment before, but he's so consistent and, and visible that I just wanted to give him a little special extra succotash howdy. So thanks, Hunter, for helping us out. Speaking of thank yous, let's get to that list of folks who've been kind and decent enough to tweet, retweet, like, heart, DM, or otherwise help us to get the word out there about our humble show. The Comical Podcast, Podcast Reviews, Broken Filter Live Show, Angus Doodle, Afterburn 739, Samantha Pett, Between the Liner Notes, Tony Franklin, The Slant, God Personified, The Gooncast, Let's Chat Podcast, Three Guys On, James A. Greggs, Tanya Wyman, Gummy Nerds, He Who Cooks, Josh M.F. Burns, Dave Nelson, Matt Brodericks, Space Cave Podcast, Homeless Pimp, Robert Bacon, Tiger and Socko Jones, Nugnar Gang, The Mo Show Podcast, The Fake Ass Radio Show, Brian Haley, XF Teacher, Tom Jackson Jr., Anna Diane Aziz, Brando Text, Sam Polito, Gabriel Diani, Michelle O'Mirth, Talk Nerdy to Me, The Black Market Press, Podcast Critic, Jason Beckwith MS, Bill Butcher, Corrosive Radios, or just radio, it's singular. Desiree Peoples, Dale Seaver, Leslie Linton Fuller, Tesere Atkins, Sexual T-Rex, Too Much Scrolling, Harry Humor NY, El Henno, The African 81, Turnt Up TV, Conrad and Jack Show, Cosmic Quest, Moshan Melvin, Christine Blackburn, Sayadi, Kimbley. <laughs> I only say that because there's an explanation point in the name. Science Faction Pod, Radio Rubber Room, Rob Greenley, Speech to Text, 
Primetime Chuckles, Joseph Harris, Pod Vomit, another exclamation point, Dr. Pistol Pete, Ed Wallach, Frank D. Piazza, Mark Ricadana, Mert Culture, Dave Hodge, Pocket Casts, Augustin McParlin, Clint Thiel, Jelly Vision Live, One by One, Lamey Spencer, Razzle 2, Old Man Porter, Alex Blanche, Too Tallin, Alan T, LaRue Entertainment, Bless and Sam, BJP, John Anilio, Casa Mirth Podcast, Paint It Black Comics, M. Randianaga, Bold and Belligerent, Illusionoid, The Mean Teacher, Scott the Ace Horton, Mike Malawani, Jen Colgan, and Wooden Overcoats. Hey guys, Will Durst here with a few choice words about immigration, which has become a key Republican issue. Yes, again. It's what those in the garden industry call a perennial. As predictable as fruit flies on the dumpster behind a produce store. Every election cycle, the GOP sucks up to its base of underemployed, low-information voters by blaming somebody else for their woes. Donald Trump dominated the early rounds of this competition by vowing to deport all 11 million undocumented residents of this country, which, according to immigration officials, at a rate of 400,000 a year, would take 27 and a half years, just in time for Mila Kunis's 60th birthday. This is in addition to his wall, which he promises will be tremendous. Although exactly how the man plans to build a 30-foot-high, 1,952-mile-long wall on the Mexican border without using Mexican labor remains a mystery. What's the plan here? Draft housewives from El Paso? Marilyn, hand me that masonry trowel, would you? Makes you think that Trump's catchphrase, make America great again, might be shorthand for make America white again. But the big dispute right now is between those two rabid feral goat senators, Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, who have attacked each other over past, present, and future statements, each claiming the other is soft on illegals. That's right, the sons of Cuban immigrants are arguing over who's more anti-immigrant. You can't make stuff up like this. In the Republican version of West Side Story, the sharks rumble with the sharks. And the race for the nomination might just come down to which of these two 44-year-old anchor babies is able to best convince the American people that they can get back all those fruit picking jobs we've dreamed of all our lives. Working outdoors, sleeping on the ground, just like camping, only different. <laughs> for Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast, I'm Will Durst. Thank you, Will. Our Burst of Durst installments are brought to you by no one as of yet, but they are available for sponsorship. That's right. If you'd like to sponsor a Burst of Durst, the going rate is 50 bucks for the one we do at the start of the show and just $25 for the closing show segment. Hell, you can even be another podcast and afford to sponsor a Burst of Durst. Interested? Contact me at marc at succotashshow.com and let's talk turkey. Speaking of talking turkey, now that is a segue, people. I give thanks to every one of your ears that you turn toward our podcast, and I want to wish you and yours a great Thanksgiving celebration. And let's try not to trample anyone to death in the Black Friday sales this year, okay? For those of you not in the United States, you have a great Thursday and Friday. 
And celebrating Thanksgiving or not, remember that I don't care if you pass the turkey or the stuffing or the pumpkin pie, but I will always thank you for passing the succotash. Goodbye. You've been listening to Succotash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher Smart Radio, and on SoundCloud. You can also hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Email us at marc at SuckatashShow.com. Or call into the Suckatash hotline at our non-toll-free call number, 818-921-7212. Suckatash is produced and engineered with the kind assistance of Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our associate producer is Tyson Saner. Our musical director is Scott. Carvey. Our booth assistant is Kenny Durges. Until next time, I am your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the succotage. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>